Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to take a moment to welcome everybody who is joining us online. Can you put your hands together and thank them for joining us today? We love you. We appreciate you. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to come visit us one Sunday at 930 or 11 o'clock. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by going to activationchurch.com. It's because of the generosity of people like you sitting here and people watching online that we're able to present the gospel and continue our mission. So we are grateful for you. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn it to Psalm 119. I want to hit a few passages and then just kind of allow the Spirit of God to lead us and direct us today in our time. I believe that God is doing something amazing in the lives of his people, and I hope that you're aware of it, because you're either aware or you're unaware, and if you're unaware, you get caught in your underwear. <laughs> I work on this stuff all week, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says in Psalm 119, starting in verse 65, the Bible says, you have dealt with your servant, O Lord, according to to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. That should be a prayer that everyone in this place prays. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. I don't want to be informed by the world system. I don't want to take counsel from the ungodly. I don't want to develop my thinking based upon my experiences or my belief structure. I want to be driven by what the Word of God says because this is the only truth we will find. And when we get in it, when we get into the Word, we, our prayer needs to be, God, show me who you are. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me. Because some of you grew up with some really bad teaching that did not truly reveal the fullness of who Jesus Christ is and I want to have a revelation for myself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know that my future generations, my grandparents, my parents, they've had a revelation of Jesus. They have a knowledge and understanding of Jesus. But I want to have a knowledge and a revelation of Jesus. I want my children to have their own revelation and knowledge of Jesus. So Lord God, give us good judgment and knowledge. For I do believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Think about that. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. I was going my own way. But now I keep your word. There were some things in my life that I had to learn the hard way. When I was younger, I thought I knew it all. And come to find out, my dad, my mom, knew more than I did. And my dad would warn me oftentimes. He would say, son, you don't need to do this. Son, you don't need to go there. But I would do it anyway. And I had to reap the consequence of my action. But it was that affliction. It was that, that consequence that has actually trained me to bring me back to where I need to be. He says, you are good and do good. Somebody say, God is good. Good. Everything that God does is good. Hear that? 
That doesn't mean everything that God does will feel good. Hello, are you breathing out there? Doesn't mean that everything that God does will feel good, but everything that God does is good. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways, O oh God. The insolence smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted. Think about that. It was actually good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. That's a hard pill to swallow because none of us like affliction. None of us like pain. But we have to understand that sometimes that affliction and that pain is producing something for us that is better than we could ever think or imagine. Pain never feels good, but we can be assured that since God is in control of our life, that pain is producing something. You know, if you go to the gym, which by the looks of it, you can tell I haven't been in a while, but if you go to the gym and you start working out, you're going to experience some pain. You're going to, if you're doing it right, you're going to experience some fatigue. If you're working with weights properly, there's going to be times that you feel like, I can't handle this. I just want, I need help. And you want your spotter to take it off of you. But if they're a good spotter, they'll say, don't stop. Don't give up. Keep on pressing. Keep on pushing. Why? Because they know it is in you. And if you'll just keep on pushing and endure the pain of the moment, then you'll gain something better. Am I right? Then you go through that moment of soreness. My, my wife worked out with a guy a few years ago that he worked her biceps so hard that she couldn't, she couldn't straighten her arms for like a week. She walked around like this, which was awesome because I thought she was just, you know, a very humble serving wife. Like, what do you need? What do you need? I'm here to serve. But what had actually happened was, you know, she hurt herself and she was so sore that she couldn't straighten her arms. But that soreness means that it is working. Turn to the person next to you and say, the pain means pain. something's working. working. See, affliction does not feel good, but affliction, this is important, affliction can expose you, affliction can define you, affliction can measure you, affliction can develop you, affliction can correct you? How many of you know the Word of God is not always there just to make you happy? The Bible says that it's there for reproof and training. For correction. Why? So that you can be complete. So sometimes God allows us to go through these processes and this affliction to either bring something out of us or to redirect us. Because without that redirection, we're going astray. And so it is a loving father to correct his children. Right. We, we don't like to hear this kind of stuff. Because in church, we want to bless me, bless me, bless me, blab it, grab it, name it, claim it, say it, and have it. You know what I'm saying? That's what we want. And, and we want the preacher to preach us happy. But the problem is, we can preach you happy right into hell. That's right. <laughs> that, that's sobering for me. As a pastor, to know that one day I'm going to stand before Jesus and give an account, not only for my personal life 
and the things that I've done, but for what I have said to you yeah. or what I did not say to you. So that affliction, I'm wanting, I'm wanting you to kind of change your perception on things because affliction, although it does not feel good, many times will bring benefit to you. Dr. Martin Luther King said this. He said the ultimate measure of a man, remember I talk about affliction can actually measure you. It can show you what you're made of, in other words. Some of you, you didn't know what you could do until you went through it. Some of you didn't understand how good God was until you had to walk through a situation in your life that was painful. And now you're on the other side and you go, now I know that God was with me the, every, the whole time. Randy gave the testimony of his father-in-law. Like That was, a, that was a, a tough thing that we had to walk through. That was a very difficult thing for Randy and Missy to walk through. But through it all, God was actually working something out that was better than we could ever think or imagine. So, so start shifting the way you think about this stuff. Dr. King says, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of convenience and comfort. Right. It's easy to stand when everything's going good. It's easy to say, I have faith when everything's going good. It's easy to say that Jesus is a healer when you are well. Right. It's easy to say that God wants my marriage to be fruitful when my wife's walking around with her hands like this. It's easy to say if I train up my child in the way they should go, when they get older, they will not depart from it. But when you start seeing them depart, where do we go? What do we do? What do we hold on to? What are we made of? What is our faith made of? Is it solid? What kind of soil? I was reading about the parable last night of the sower. What kind of soil are we? Because the seed of the word will reveal the soil. Amen. That's really good preaching right there. That should be, that should be put on a, a t-shirt. The seed of the word will reveal the soil. You don't even know what you're made of until the seed of the word is planted in your life. And it will either produce or it will not produce. And it's not the seed's fault. The word always works. The seed always works. The seed will always produce if it's placed in the right soil. So we're not measured by where we stand in moments of convenience and comfort, but where we stand at times of challenge and controversy. That's, that's where we find out what we're made of. Again, let me say this. I don't like controversy. I'm not up here begging for affliction. I'm not begging for pain. I love the moments where everything's going good and I feel like there's a lot of momentum. I love the moments where I'm like, I feel like I'm on the mountaintop of God, like Moses, and, and the glory of God is shining on him so bright that people can't look at him. I love those moments, but I understand that there's moments where Moses was in the wilderness standing at a burning bush going, God, I don't, I'm, I'm not qualified, I don't know. I, and so I love these great moments in life, but I've got to understand that there's also affliction. I've got to understand that there's also pain. I've got to understand that there's also suffering. Are you with me? Yeah. And my life's not measured by these moments. It's measured here. And many times it's these moments here that will get me to this moment here. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Yeah. So 
So your life's not measured in moments of convenience and comfort, but in controversy, in those difficult moments. If you think about the life of Joseph, I was reading about him this week. He, he was developed in affliction. He didn't really fully understand who he was or what God was doing until he went through affliction. Moses led people through affliction. As a matter of fact, Moses was born into affliction. When you read the story of Daniel, you have to understand that it was affliction that caused him to find his voice. See, we, we always look at the high moments. In Scripture, we, we focus on the, the win and the victory. We focus on the mouth of the lion being shut. But we've got to realize that this guy was in a terrible situation. I mean, as a young man, he was stripped from his home. He was turned into a eunuch. I won't go into that. Study that on your own. But this wasn't, a, this wasn't a comfortable life that Daniel was in. Yet it was that controversy and that affliction that developed him. Turn to the person next to you and say, God always does good. God always does good. Even when it doesn't feel good. Even when it doesn't feel good. Affliction. Listen to this. This came to me this morning while I was getting ready. Affliction is only the enemy of the one who won't learn from it. <laughs> Affliction is only the enemy of the one who won't learn from it. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So many times we bring pain upon ourselves because we won't learn from what caused the pain in the past. We'll go from bad relationship to bad relationship because we're attracted to the wrong person and we didn't learn our lesson the first time. You want me to step on your toes a little bit this morning? Is that okay? I mean, that, am, I, am I right? Think about everything that you've been through, and hopefully you're on the other side of it today, and you can stand and go, yay, God. But maybe some of you are, are learning some very difficult lessons right now, and you're going through some affliction, and you're going through some pain because you have not yet learned the lesson of the moment. And God is good enough to keep on allowing you to feel the pressure and to feel the pain of the moment until you finally surrender and go, okay, God, what's going on here? Well, what are you wanting to accomplish? What are you wanting to teach me in this season of my life? Affliction is not the enemy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Affliction is only the enemy of the one who won't learn from it. Think about Jonah. How many of you are familiar with the story of Jonah? God comes to Jonah and tells him, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach to these people so that I can save them, so I can bring revival to them. And Jonah goes, I don't want to do that. I want to go to Tarshish. I'll go there, I'll preach. And many times that's how we are. Like, I want to do what I want to do my way when I want to do it. Hello? And a lot of us don't realize in our lives, many times, God's trying to take us to Nineveh and we're trying to go to Tarshish. And so what happens? He gets on a boat. Which means not every open door is a good door. See, we've, we've, got, like, we've got all this stuff in our, in our lives and our vocabulary that's not biblical. 
you know, like, the door's open. It must be good. Not every open door is a good door to step through. I mean, that boat was available right when he wanted to get on it to go to Tarshish. We, we, we say things like, follow your heart. No, don't do that. Yeah. Your, your heart, the Bible says, is wicked above all things. <laughs> don't follow your heart. Follow what God says. Good. Your heart will get you into a world of trouble. Your heart will take you down the wrong path. Your desire will lead you to destruction. Yeah. You need to hear that today. It, it, as, as loving as I can be, your desire will lead to destruction if it is not in alignment with God's word. So that's some, if you can't say amen, say ouch. I mean, say ouch. something. I mean, I preach, I'm preaching to myself here too. I don't ever want you to think that I put myself on a pedestal and think that I'm better than anybody else. I'm not. I'm learning my lessons still. This, this, this faith walk is a journey. It's a day-by-day thing. And there's, there's moments I was laying in bed last night and I was just praying and I was like, God, forgive me. So I realized like when I was in my 20s, man, I, I was doing some jacked up stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. And I thought it was okay. I justified it. But you're going to say, I justified it. I loved God. I went to church. But I was doing things I should not have been doing. And now that I'm aware of it, I'm like, God, forgive me. That's, that's not what I want. That's not what I want for my life. When it comes to teaching your word, God, like, I, I want to make sure that I'm like, on point. Like, I, I want to make sure that I'm giving truth to people. Because I know I'm going to be held accountable. So Jonah gets on the wrong boat, headed in the wrong direction, and affliction comes in the form of a great fish. Did God send the great fish to destroy Jonah, or did God send the great fish out of love for Jonah? Love. Love. Jonah's in the, the fish for three days before he finally learns his lesson and goes, okay, God, I'll go to Nineveh. And when he says, I'll go to Nineveh, the fish spits him out on the dry land, which I love that. When I was doing children's ministry, I used to create these videos and I would use these, uh, the felt, you know, the flannel board characters, but I would put them on green screen. And so I put them on the computer and I would actually edit it. And it was very soft, soft parkish, you know, because the characters didn't move the legs. They just kinda, you know, and so when I was telling the story of Jonah and the, and the belly of the great fish, when the fish spit him out, the, the fish comes out of the water and Jonah's flannel person just goes, and I, I didn't stop, and he landed on his head. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about that story this morning. A lot of times we go through something in life, and you know we don't understand that it's actually God's goodness that is bringing this affliction upon us. And although it may not feel good in the moment, it is actually leading to life. It's actually leading to peace. It's actually leading to joy. We're going in the com a completely wrong direction, and it is his goodness and mercy that corrects us. We've got a scripture in our mind that we, we deal with improperly. That's Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 1. If you know the Bible, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We'll go, I'm not condemned. That's true. 
I'm thankful that I've been, if I come into Christ, I've been washed, I've been cleaned, I've been set on his path. Now I'm on a journey to become more like him. If you're not becoming more like him, you need to question if you're on the right journey. But what we miss is the difference between condemnation and conviction. And so what happens sometimes is we're feeling conviction and we're calling it condemnation. God is trying to correct some things in us because he loves us and we go, oh, that's condemnation. No, it's completely different. Condemnation comes from the enemy where he says you're not good enough, you'll never make it, he'll continually remind you of your past and who you are and who you used to be, and he'll say that you're disqualified. That's condemnation. Conviction is the Holy Spirit saying, hey, there's some areas in your life that I want to tweak. And he'll do this through a feeling in our life when we, how many of you have ever done something and you go, oh, shouldn't have done that. I have. Sometimes, there's been times I've said stuff and immediately after I said it, I go, oh, shouldn't have said that. There's times that I'm reading the Word of God and the Word of God will get all up in my business. You know, it's quicker, sharper, with twitch. So it's getting in there, it's figuring some stuff. The, the Word of God is living active. It's searching you out. And so when you allow the Word of God to search you out, sometimes it will show you some things and reveal some things to you that you need to deal with. Now hear this. When the Word of God or the Spirit of God through the Word of God corrects something in you, your best response is to deal with it. The Bible talks about in the book of James, it talks about not going to the mirror and seeing something that's fixed and then walking away and forgetting what you saw. Like if you look in the mirror and your hair's a mess, fix it then. Don't say I'll come back to it. Because it'll start getting nappy, start getting all kinds of knots in it, you know what I'm saying? Like, deal with it now. Because the quicker you deal with it, the less you'll have to walk through in the future with that scenario because the affliction won't stop because of the love of God for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that affliction is working something good for us, just like Jonah, it put him on the right path. His affliction was actually God's mercy. It doesn't feel like mercy, it feels like a stinky belly of a fish. The pit and the prison that Joseph went through and it had nothing to do with his disobedience. It was God positioning him. And he found favor, but it didn't feel like favor. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. We've got to recondition the way we think because many times that you know we, we go through something and we think that God's not mindful or he's not there and he's saying, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm walking with you through this process and this process is on purpose. Sometimes because God's trying to lead us to where we need to be, he's trying to direct our paths, which he says he does. Or sometimes we're going in the wrong direction and it's God going, come here, Dunny. Yeah, I'll pull you there, kicking and screaming, but I'll get you there. And the quicker I go, okay, God, <laughs> you, you, you follow what I'm saying. So we've got to learn how to discern the affliction in our life. The year 2020, for many people, probably for everybody, was a year of some form of affliction. And we're still in forms 
of affliction right now. And when we entered that season, our response should have been to develop prayer lines, but instead we drew party lines. Let us think it. That affliction was a great opportunity for the church of the living God to rise up and be a light to empower themselves through the prayers, through their fasting, through their supplication, through their dedication to the word. It was a wonderful moment for that to happen, but instead there was a great falling away. See, the affliction actually worked some things out. The affliction actually started separating some things, actually started finding out like who's in this for real and who's not. Whose heart is really towards me and whose heart is not? Whose heart really believes in me and trusts in me and who does it? Are, are y'all following along here? Yes. Like I, when we entered that season, I felt like a, I felt a burden to pray like I never prayed before. And that really could have been a moment because listen to what I'm saying. All through scripture, affliction pushes the people of God to multiply and grow and advance. But I'm wondering if we misunderstood the purpose of our affliction. I wonder if we misinterpreted the moment. I'm just throwing that out there for us. The real question is, where do we go from here, Sean? What kind of soil are we going to be from here on out. Will we be the one who never receives the word and so Satan immediately comes to snatch it? Are we going to be the one? Are we going to be rocky soil where the, the seed of the word just falls and there's really no root there? So we don't endure? Think about endurance. I'm just throwing some things out there for you to consider, to ponder in your own time. When you think about the soil of your life, are you the type of soil that receives the word gladly? You have joy when you're in church, you shout about it. But then when persecution, the Bible says persecution, Jesus said it, persecution arises on account of that word. You leave the process because of your mind being so set on the world. See, we are called to be in this world, but we are not called to be of this world. It's important for you to understand that. We are not a part of this kingdom. This earth as we know it now is not our home. And it is not God's plan to overthrow a earthly setup. He's already established his kingdom. He's already the king and he's already sitting on the throne. What he's waiting for us to do is ask his children and citizens and ambassadors of that kingdom is to push the kingdom forward and to do life the way he's called us to do life. To think the way he thinks, to act the way he acts, to love the way he loves, to have mercy and forgiveness the same way that he would have love, mercy and forgiveness. Sometimes we get this stuff mixed up. 
And we're more focused on the world and what the world's doing, and we're missing what God's trying to do inside of us. And it's causing us to go through a moment of affliction. But that affliction's not bad. Turn the person next to you and say, that affliction's not bad. If we can learn from it. So today, instead of us asking, why am I going through this? We should start asking God, what are you wanting to teach me through it? So many times, why me? Why is this happening? But our prayer should be, God, what are you wanting to show me? What are you wanting to reveal to me? What are you wanting to bring out of me? Because if I'll trust myself to him, he'll bring me through stronger than I was before. And I'll have a greater sense of who I am and my purpose and why I exist. And there's got to be a shift. There's got to be a shift, and the shift has to start in the house of God. Mm -hmm. It has to start with us repenting yeah. and saying, God, I've missed it. In whatever area it is, God, I, I, I've missed it. I want to know your ways. I, I, I want to understand your truth. I want to understand your knowledge. I want to understand your precepts. I want to understand your will, your way, not my will, not my way, but your will be done in my life. Are, are, are you following that? That's going to be our heart today. And for those of you who are watching online right now, I hope that, that this word is reaching out and grabbing a hold of you and, and waking you up to this moment. It's a, it's a wake-up call. It's the time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. The world, the earth, is, it, it, is groaning and waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters to reveal Jesus, not our agenda. Are you hearing that? Sometimes your agenda is not Jesus' agenda. So God, I want to reveal, reveal your plan, your purpose, and your will. And so I ask right now as I pray of you that you would soften your heart, not harden your heart to the seed of this word, but allow it to be planted and produced. Father, move in their heart and their life. Touch them. Bring transformation. God, change the way we think. God, I don't want us to be conformed to the world, but I want us to be transformed by the changing, the renewing of our mind. Touch them and help them. In Jesus' name.